Welcome to another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvi, a.k.a. Danny, a.k.a. Mr. You Can Too. In today's show, I am joined by my friend, Shane Taylor. Shane is a depression and anxiety coach and the founder of MBS Repair, that is Mind, Body, Soul Repair. I really enjoyed this episode with Shane. He was so open, vulnerable, and raw in talking about how his overcoming of depression and anxiety led him to follow his passion and become a coach in helping other people do the same thing. We talked deeply about his journey of holistic healing and how the process of changing his lifestyle, changing the way that he interacts with his thoughts and adding in so many great foods and ways of movement and better ways of thinking has empowered him to truly overcome his depression and his anxiety. We dive into the importance of holistic healing, the importance of practicing forgiveness, and also dive into the TAP method, which is a really effective tool in overcoming our mindset and thoughts that are negative. If you enjoy the show, please, please, please share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. It would mean the world to me if you leave a five-star rating and a review of the show. I honor you. I appreciate you. And as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a amazing, amazing guest on the show today. I have my man, Shane Taylor, who I met through our joint company, Live Ultimate, where we are spreading just the highest quality supplements, superfoods, and skin nutrition products in the game. Shane is a depression and anxiety coach, a business owner, an entrepreneur, and he's the founder of Mind Body Soul Repair. I've only known Shane for a short amount of time, but he is such an amazing person, such an inspiration, a shining light, and he shows up in the world of what I feel like is possible for everybody. A person who has gone through the process of overcoming their own shadow and still in the process of doing that and helping others along the way. Shane, welcome to the show, my brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate those kind words, man. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I love having conversations with coaches because, you know, me being a coach myself, I know a lot of my drive and why I do the work that I do comes from this space of being the the wounded healer. Right. Being that type of person who has gone through the trauma, overcome it and now is helping other people really transcend whatever it is that they're going through. And I know that's the same thing you're doing. I would love to get a little bit of background on how you got started as a depression and anxiety coach and what's helped you overcome those same type of things in your life. Yeah, brother. I, I, I love when people ask this question because it just, it, it, that's where my, my passion comes from. Um, so give a little bit of backstory about myself, man. Um, I've been in the hair industry for eight years and, you know, during that time, I, I really didn't pay attention to my mind, body, soul, hence the name. Um, I neglected myself, my health, my, my mental state, and all over, brother. And that just poor dieting and eating bad led me inevitably leading to me being sick in the beginning 
2020, late 2019. And, you know, I, I, I went to the medical fields. I went to the medical doctors and they told me, hey, there's nothing wrong with you. The blood tests look normal. And I was like, but the, I feel like shit, like there's something wrong, dude. And they, they kept denying it and denying it. And I was like, you know what? I guess this is me. This is who I am. And through that process, man, I, I, I started noticing like my body was just deteriorating. You know, my, I couldn't hold down food. I had severe diarrhea for like a year and a half. My skin started shedding for no reason. My eyes were turning yellow. I was developing jaundice and they told me, Hey, there's, there's nothing wrong with you due to the blood work. There's nothing really wrong with you. And, you know, fast forwarding to like March of 2020, I was just struck with like crippling anxiety. I, I, I stopped driving my car because um, I couldn't just focus. I, I couldn't get out of bed and just, you know, just dealing with that and sitting with depression, and anxiety, like in, immensely. It was something I never experienced before. And, and, you know, come around a couple months later where I refused to take what the doctors told me as to be true. And I did some research on my own with Dr. Google and I found, you know, an answer <laughs> and I, I, I found someone willing to do the test that I came to a conclusion of what I had and it all came to be true. I had small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. I had two dysbiotic bacteria of the stomach and three imbalanced bacteria alongside that. I had pancreatic insufficiency, so my exocrine function wasn't working properly. I wasn't breaking down my proteins, carbs, or fats. And then my liver was overtoxified due to all the bacteria that was in my stomach. On top of that, I had systemic candida and all that was causing uh, jaundice, which was the yellowing of the eyes. And because I wasn't utilizing any of my nutrients or anything like that, I was suffering from severe memory loss to the point where I was mm. actually forgetting my wife's name. Wow. And people were like, no, bro, that's that, that can't be. I'm like, dude, like, you don't understand. I, I'm even having, I remember the days where I was walking to the mailbox and I would turn around after getting the mail and I forgot who I was, where I was and what I was doing. And I would have to repeat to myself my name, my birthday, and my age because I, I was forgetting who I was. And I was so scared because I was forgetting so much shit. I thought I was going to forget who I was. Wow. And, you know, I, I didn't seek help, unfortunately, like in the, the psychology world. But ever since I was little, something told me I was meant for greatness in this world. And, and during the, the course of my depression and anxiety and dealing with that, I became an observer of my depression anxiety and really listening to it and making friends with it and now they are my best friends man and I, and I want to change anything that I went through you know I say the biggest blessing in my life was me getting sick and I want to change that for anything in the world because now on the other end of it heal, healed from like that chronic sickness you know I, I see how the enemy that you know the enemy of my enemy is my friend so like depression anxiety have become my best friends in the in the process and now i'm able to help people along that way because i've understood it i've sat with it i i i had conversations with it and really dove deep into what we are lacking in society today that brings us to so much health issues mentally physically and emotionally you know the mind body soul and like I said, just sitting with it, man, and having conversations with it, I, I really tapped into certain things that that a lot of people don't see. And now I use those tools to help my clients in, in the process and, and getting over their traumas and everything like that and diving deep in, inwards in order to express outwards. Wow, man. Shane, one, thank you for being so open and vulnerable and sharing that and sharing your experience of what you were going through. And it, it's so tough because, you know, in the very beginning of it, 
you were told by, you know, Western medicine, like, oh, you're fine. You know, mm-hmm. th- they did the regular test. They did the blood work. And then based on the blood work, it's like, no, like, you know, you're OK. There's nothing wrong yet. Deep inside of yourself, you knew that wasn't true. You knew there was something going on there. And I think that's a kind of like, I think, an important lesson for like the listeners, like to understand and trust yourself in being able to come up with your own findings, your own answers, being able to do your own research. Because sometimes Western medicine is not going to have the blood work that's going to maybe help you understand where your mental, emotional, spiritual health is Mm. at a given time. And because you were so ready and willing to do the work, consult Dr. Google, see what it could possibly be and find your own, you know, doctors who would do the test, you were then able to get the help that you were looking for. What was that process like of taking the steps to get better, to, to increase and better your emotional health, your, your mental health, work on the depression and the anxiety? And also what were some of those lifestyle changes that you created around food and movement? Yeah, brother. So, you know, during that process, I also got my certification in uh, personal training, health and nutrition, and then also life coaching. And now in September, I go to school for functional medicine and I, I fell in love with holistic healing. And, you know, so the steps that I took were just honestly, like surrendering to the process because it, it, it is a lengthy process, but it is a, a worthy process. Um, but small incremental steps, dude, like there was days where I couldn't leave the house and literally walking to the trash and throwing away the trash was a, a win for me. So falling in love with those small incremental wins was one of the biggest things because, okay, I walked to the trash today and mind you, the trash is only 100 feet away. But like walking to the trash and just throwing the trash away and still having like the mental capacity to get back inside the house before like I felt like shit um, was a win for me. And, and writing that down in a gratitude journal, and I know you're familiar with this, um, being grateful for like the smallest things like having a conversation with someone that day or the ability to throw away the trash, like things like that were which would pull me through because unfortunately, you know, in a Hispanic household, like it's shunned upon anxiety and depression. So it's like, no, don't think like that. You're going to get yourself sick. It's like, well, I'm already sick. And, you know, I didn't have the support that I wanted. So I had to be my own strength. And so when that came to like the mental aspect of like, you know, just you, you made it through the day. Keep going, brother. You got this. You made it through one of the days that you thought you weren't going to make it. And I mm-hmm. literally wrote this down today. You know, there was times where I didn't think I was going to wake up the next day and I was never suicidal. It's just, I felt so bad. Like I, I just didn't think I was going to wake up. And I remember writing notes on my phone to each of my family members saying, I, <laughs> fuck mm-hmm. saying, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Mm. And And I love you. And you know, <laughs> and just pushing through that, brother, and like writing to them saying, like, I, I hope you, you find peace in your life. Mm-hmm. Because it, it was such a challenge, dude. It was such a challenge getting through those days. And, and you know, being on the other side, it, it's like I'm so grateful for, for doing that because it, it 
it got me to where I am today. And, and this is what drives me is feeding into that, that, that energy. Um, when I was at my weakest, which turned into being my biggest strength and, and, and just doing that and sorry, brother. No, nothing to apologize for about man. I think it's such a powerful story because like when I hear you talk about this and having that literally that mindset of not knowing if you were going to wake up the next day, it's not that, you know, you were suicidal, but just literally you felt so bad that you weren't sure if the next day was going to happen. And, and that resonates a lot with me because that's a lot of, you know, what my mom experienced, man. My mom was so sick for so long that, you know, she shared with me that she had times where like she just felt so bad that she just wasn't sure if she was going to make it. And, and, you know, I'm so I have so much compassion because I don't know what that feels like personally, but I can see it through my mom's experience, just how I know there's so many people that can see it through your experience that, man, that stuff is so heavy. Yeah. And to be able to do the work and you were very alone in doing that work, right? Like you said, you didn't really have the support of your family. It was more like, no, like it's going to be okay. Kind of like, you know, coddling in the way as opposed yeah. to really, you know, acknowledging what was going on. And I can only imagine how many people are going through that right now at this moment in the world that we live in. And that's why I think the work that you're doing is so important because you get to lead from a place of experience yeah. knowing that like hey like 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 brother sister i've been through what you're going through and understand it can it is something you can transcend most definitely brother and you know i i don't blame my family for any of it because it's like their lack of knowledge of not knowing where i was um you know i i I can't blame them for not being there. You get what I'm saying? They they didn't sure. understand. They didn't feel my pain. They didn't understand what I was going through. Um, but I, I, I knew what I was going through. And, you know, I never held anger or resentment towards them. I, it's just like, you know, I, I wish I had someone um, to talk to. And, you know, even with my wife, she, didn't, she couldn't understand what I was going through. And seven years ago, brother, I remember asking God, I want to make a change in this world. And I want to help people. And... <laughs> Be careful what you wish for because you will get it. And I was the guy back in the days that said the same exact thing to everybody. There's nothing wrong with you. It will, you'll get over it. Just keep pushing. Like it, Everybody goes to that. And, you know, I think one of the humbling things is when you ask God for something, he gives it to you not in the way you expect but the way mm. you need. And, mm. you know, when you ask God for patience, he doesn't give you patience. He gives you the opportunity to learn patience. And for me to help people – how can I help people if I didn't help myself? So I went on through this mm. this whole journey. And like I said, that, that's that been my biggest blessing is going through what I went through because now I'm able to help people on such a deep, deep rooted level that it, it's it's amazing, dude. And I, I'm so grateful pulling out of it and, you know, not taking any pharmaceutical drugs. And, you know, I, I just want to show people that are in the same position where they don't know if they're going to make it to the next day. They don't have that drive or that passion or that lust for life or that zest and you know don't take your current situation as your final destination you right. know refuse it question everything if you don't feel good and people are telling you something question it because there is an answer there's always two sides to the coin and there is a way to get out of what you are going through and i just want to express that to everybody listening men that you know if you need anything there are people out there willing to help and listen to you because they've been through it as well 
100%. Man, I love what you're saying about, because this is something I, I prescribe to as well, is this idea that we can't help anybody more than we help ourselves. And like you said, God puts you in this situation to really get what it was that you truly desired and being able to help people. But it seemed like he put you in this space where it's like, hey, Shane, you get to help yourself first, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe it takes all of these different symptoms and, and ways that you're feeling to understand that, hey, a change gets to be made, right? Yeah. And you put in all the work to allow those changes to happen, which I think is amazing. Like you said, you're such a shining example of what's possible, you know, that a person can take the holistic route if they're open to it. They can, you know, focus on, you know, their food, their movement, their their ways of thinking, how they're managing their stress, and they can reach out for support and, and find the people who are there that can really guide them along the way as long as they're open to it. Yeah. Right. I think that's amazing. Mm. What would you say for, you know, the people listening, whether they are working with depression and anxiety today or maybe someone close to them is is having a lot of depression and anxiety in their life. What are some of like the most foundational steps you think one can take in order to start their journey of healing? I would say practicing forgiveness um, because your mind and body don't understand if it's happening in the current moment or if it's past traumas. And what I mean by that is forgiving your body and your mind when it reacts in a certain way and understanding that it's just doing that as a fail-safe mechanism. It, it, it's an internal built system. And I always say that depression and anxiety are not um, diagnosis, they are symptoms, they are emotions of something trying to speak to you through your soul, saying, I don't feel comfortable here, we need to move. And you know, a lot of us tend to ignore that. But, and what happens is when we ignore that, it perpetuates a cycle and we get so scared of the next episode that we live in this constant state of fear. But when you learn to forgive yourself and your anxiety, and you know, I, I work with some clients that, you know, have dealt with abusive relationships, um, sexual abuse, and, and I asked them the question, did you know what you were doing in that moment? Or did you know what you were did that led you to that situation? Were you conscious of that? And most of the time, the answer is no. And I go, so why are you hating yourself for not knowing? And then forgiving yourself in that process of saying, well, I was a kid that got molested. You had no idea that you were what you were doing. So forgive yourself. And you know, for me, going through like my obesity and, and gaining all that weight and putting all that stress and everything like me, I was never taught healthy eating. So I didn't know. I was right. never taught how to manage stress. So I didn't know. I was never taught how to handle finances properly. I didn't know. All I saw was my parents did whatever they can. And you know, they did an amazing job. They did whatever they can to put food on the table. They did that. My, we never struggled with money. You know, I, I had a great childhood. That's one of the biggest blessings I have. But I was never taught. So that led me to being where I was. And I forgave myself for not knowing. And because I forgave myself for not knowing, I was able to let go of that hate, anger, and resentment in me. And then when I forgave myself, I forgave my parents. And when I forgave my parents, I forgave their parents. And so on and so on. Because they 
those things were never implemented in, in my lineage of my, you know, my family. And just when you, when you forgive, brother, it, it, it opens so many doors and opportunities. And I remember my last big panic attack that I had. I was walking in Walmart and boom, just hit me out of nowhere. And I flooded with anxiety and I started freaking out. And I'm, I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, where am I? What, what am I doing? And I started panicking. And I literally just stopped and I applied the thing techniques I was learning in that process of, okay, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing happening right now. You are safe. Forgive your body and act in this way because it is just trying to tell you something's internally wrong. And instantly I took a deep breath. I forgive myself. My anxiety went away. And I just mm. kept practicing and practicing that every time it would pop up, every time I felt depressed, every time I felt anxious, every time I popped up, I was like, what are you trying to tell me? I forgive you. And the anxiety attacks, the depression episodes started lessening and lessening and lessening. And it went from a two-week episode to a week episode to three days to two days to an hour to now like five minutes. Mm. And I'm able to come back to center so quickly because of that, that habitual practice that I did. Right, right, right. I mean, it's so important, like you say, to get the repetitions in. Like mm -hmm. it was one thing to be able to learn the skills, right? Learn the tools, have these tools in your toolkit, but then now be able to take those tools and apply them when the different situations started to come up, when you started to feel that anxiety build in these different situations. And something that comes up for me when you say that is how important awareness is being able to catch yourself when you are in that that situation in that moment and as opposed to getting lost in that moment being able to take a step back and, and start to talk to yourself have that conversation mm -hmm. with yourself talk yourself through the process talk yourself through the tools and over time being able to get yourself back to center yeah. you talk about the importance of the breath i mean breath work is so important and breathing is something that we're all doing unconsciously all mm -hmm. the time. And it's the minute that we're, we're not breathing that, you know, we're in a lot of trouble, but what I would love for the listeners to do right now, if you don't already have one, build a relationship with your breath. And here's what I mean by that. Understand that your breath is going to tell your nervous system mm -hmm. whether to get really hyped up, amped, ready to, you know, fight, run away, freeze, because you're tapping into that sympathetic nervous system. Yep. And typically, you're going to tap into that sympathetic nervous system when you're breathing very shallow, rapidly, <laughs> short breath. So now that's telling your body, hey, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Whereas Shane, in your example, you talked about that first step to get yourself back center. You <sighs> took that deep breath. And for me, that's a reminder that the deep breaths is what gets us back into our parasympathetic nervous system. That's what allows us to get into that rest and digest, digest. mode. And oftentimes, the average person doesn't know that if you're not taking the time to relax, to rest, to breathe deeply, a lot of these physiological things that are supposed to happen easily in the body without you having to think about doing it, don't happen and those things lead to a lot of symptoms that can over time turn into disease yep. and a lot of times that's going to happen because 
the anxiety, the depression, the stress, right? And it could be the tiny stressors from work, the cell phone going off, the email going off, thinking, what am I going to do for this thing? How am I going to pay this bill? Uh, how am I going to have time to go pick this thing up, to go do this thing? And if we're not taking that time to just be and to just relax and to create space for ourselves, well, then it's going to be very hard to be grounded and to have that peace. So I really appreciate you sharing that aspect, Shane. What would you say is one of the biggest ways, like a person who may not even realize that they are facing depression and anxiety, what do some of those symptoms look like? That they that they are unaware that depressed anxiety? Right. That maybe they, they're unaware of it, but maybe here are some symptoms that you can look out for that might be trying to tell you something. So, you know, a lot of times you, you'll just see it in, in personality traits. And I, I developed this beautiful method called the TAP method, T-A-H-P-P. Um, and, you know, when someone comes to this point in their life, they just say, this is who I am. And that's it, brother. Like, I can't change. Like, you know, this is this has always been me. And you know what I do with the tap method is usually there is some sort of anger. Usually you see with people that are unaware that, you know, they're like, I'm trying to get ahead. I'm trying to do good in my life, but nothing works. And they just have this negative mindset. Um, and as far as anxiety, I mean, anxiety can't hide itself. Like you feel that. But as far as depression, you know, some people have just a slow mood and they believe that to be who they are. And with the TAP method, the TAP stands for thought, action, habit, personality, perceived self. And what I do is I'm like, okay, what, what are the thoughts you have on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, nothing works. I can't do this. I can't do that. Um, and I go, okay, so you, you, you think, it, you believe it that you can't do nothing because beliefs are just thoughts that are repeated over and over again in the mind. I go, okay, so now that you believe that, what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis to get out of that? Your actions. And they're like, you know, like, what's the point? I, I can't do anything about it. So, like, I, I just, I, I do what I have to do. I just go to work and that's it. Okay. So, now that you're acting in that manner, over time, that becomes your habit. So, now that's just your default, which people start to begin um, believing. This is who I am because I just do it. And that's where it comes into the personality, you know. And when you're in the personality state, people are just people perceive you as well that's who he is that's bill that's jim you know what i'm saying they're just a depressed person that's who they are and then what happens with that is now you hear the chatter of everyone reassuring your personality coming to perceive self that just reinsures your thought going back to your thought of well what's the point i can't do this and then you act in that manner it becomes your habit it becomes your personality and then it becomes your perceived self and repeating the cycle over and over again and until we could change that thought, um, nothing's going to change. And, you, and so what I do with my clients is that they want better, but they don't know how because they don't think it's that bad. There's a story about a dog that um, a guy comes over his house and he's like, what's wrong with your dog? He's moaning and groaning. He's like, well, he's laying on a nail, but it's not that bad to get off of. So he just lays mm. there. And, and that's what I see with a lot of my clients, that it's not that bad. They're just comfortable where they are. So what I do is I, I help change the belief. I go, 
even if you don't believe it to be true, think it. So if you think I can't do it, just say I can do it and repeat that yeah. to yourself because your mind will find a way to, to get out, of, find a way that you can do it no matter what. Right. Um, and over time, that thought becomes a belief. Now, when you start thinking in the manner of I can do it, incremental steps of you trying become your action. And because you're trying, that action becomes your habit of just trying. You become a person of action now. And that habit becomes your personality trait saying, well, I'm a person that can try. And then over time, if you accomplish it by repeating that cycle, your perceived self says, well, I'm a happier person. I'm a person that can do things. And just breaking that negative mindset around that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's it's one, I couldn't agree more on how it all really starts with the thoughts, right? One of my mm -hmm. favorite quotes that I live by is the Henry Ford quote, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's like whatever I'm thinking, right, I'm going to find a way to justify it, right? Yeah. Whether it's for something that's effective or if it's something ineffective. So I love how you break this down as a really like a feedback loop is mm -hmm. what it comes down to. And it's starting at the very basis of it, taking those thoughts and all right, how do you re-engineer that thought? Even if you don't truly believe it right away, yeah. keep thinking it, keep thinking it. Because like you said earlier, like the brain doesn't know the difference between what is physically happening mm -hmm. and what is being mentally thought of. So often our thoughts, right, our perceptions are our reality because that's what dictates how we show up and what actions that we take. So I love how you're starting with the thoughts. Yeah. What 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 do you typically find that that really helps a person really buy into changing their thought process? So I want to touch on something right before that like um in my personal experience when I was healing I would write down in my gratitude journal, I'm healing. And I wasn't. Like, you know, I wasn't healing, but I kept saying, I'm healing, I'm growing, I'm getting better. And the next day I would feel worse. Mm. But I kept writing that in my journal. I'm healing, I'm growing, I'm getting better. And I would feel worse. And then I would have a week where I was completely done. But by me writing that in my journal, I started to believe that, okay, this is part of the process of me getting better is I have to get out everything through my body. So instead of seeing it as, oh, no, I'm just feeling worse, I changed the thought of this is the process of pulling everything out of my body for me to feel better. So I'm yeah. healing, I'm getting better and stuff like that. And eventually it led me to being where I am today. And, you know, I'm completely grateful for it. So what, what was the question you just asked? So in terms of, and I love what you're saying there, because it's all about changing the belief, it's writing it down, and it's really changing the perception of what's happening. Mm -hmm. I love that. In terms of getting somebody to be open to the idea of changing their thoughts, what do you feel like is, I guess, like the, the first thing that allows them to step into that process? Because like you were saying earlier, you know, a lot of people, you know, if they're kind of comfortable and it's not that bad, they don't want to change. And mm -hmm. I know in my work, it's very much I'm trying to help people create the changes before they hit their version of rock bottom. Yeah. Right. It's like, hey, how do we proactively make these changes? So what do you find is common among the people that you work with that are like, OK, I'm, I'm willing to do this work. I'm willing to change you know my initial thought patterns 
in order to go through this new process? So one of the biggest things is you always are going to have that resistance. What's the point? You know, like, yeah, my life's okay. Um, but as far as, like, I asked them. I, I, I'm a big believer of reflection and feeling that pain. And I asked them, how badly does it bother you? And they're like, eh, it, it doesn't bad. I go, when you're alone at yourself at night, are you happy with your life? Truly stripping everything away. And, you know, I, I, I dive into the pain because the pain is going to be your biggest motivator. Because when we're uncomfortable, we want to get out of it. So with my clients, I, I, I don't neglect the pain. I, I like to feel the pain. Um, so that's what I make them do. I, I, I go, it, what, is, what is the cost of you staying where you are now? You know, like, are you, could you be happy, 100% happy, living like this for the rest of your life? And most of the time they're like, no, no, you know, eventually I'll do something or something will change. I'm like, yeah, life's going to change whether you move or not. But now you are the sales. Where do you want to guide that? Right. Um, so I asked them, like, for instance, uh, um, I had a, a client that she kept complaining about her father. My father is a negative influence. He, you know, he, he's the source of my anxiety and depression. I go, okay, now you have one or two options. I know I asked, well, why don't you leave your dad? Why don't you move out of his house? Well, I can't just do that. You know, he depends on me to take care of him. I go, okay. So now you got one or two options. Can you fully accept living like this for the rest of your life? No. So when are you going to do something about it when your dad passes? And they're like, well, you know, like, then that. And I'm like, no, no, be realistic with yourself. Either you accept where you are now and say, hey, you know what? I accept this. I accept this is my life. And, you know, eventually... You find a place of solace within that where you are happier. You get what I'm saying? Where you just accept yeah. the, the, the situation at hand. Or if it hurts, usually, and then as we're bringing these emotions up, I go, or you could take the steps to change and create a new life with a new family. I go, blood does not make you family. And I, I, I share that with everybody because just we don't get to pick our family, but we get to pick right. our friends. And our friends eventually, some friends eventually become family. Mm. And, you know, I tell them, are you willing to accept where you are now? Because this is, by doing this, this is where you would stay in these emotions. So I always ask them, there's no point to working with me? Because one, I don't want to take your money if we're not getting anything done. So I go, you're literally paying me for nothing at this point because you're not willing to change. I go, my job is to help you get out of this mindset and all these negative beliefs. So you have to work with me and I'm going to keep bringing up this pain because this is what's going to keep reminding you of either I get out of here or I stay here. And yeah. over time, you know, you start to see, damn, okay, I, I need to find a way out of here. And the brain starts looking for ways to get out of that mindset because it's like, I can't accept the fact where my situation is. I can't accept the relationship I have with my father. And you know what happens when they leave out of the situation? Now the other person is left to their own devices and they're figuring out, well, why did they leave? How can I be a better person? So it's a perpetuating cycle of just goodness happening when you take the actions to take care of yourself. And then that's what I show them, the bigger picture. And like for me, for instance, I could have chosen and accepted my fate of being sick and eating like shit and just doing that. Or I changed me. And, and for instance, with me and my wife, 
I get myself healthier because in that process, what happened is I, me losing 65 pounds, my wife lost 35 pounds. My sister joined the gym. My mother joined the gym. You know what I'm saying? My dad's asking me yeah, questions on health and nutrition and stuff like that. So I always come back to, are you willing to stay where you are? And if you, and how much does that hurt you staying there? Mm, I love that. I love that. Because what you do is that you're, you're allowing the person to see that everything they're doing at the end of the day is a choice, right? You're either choosing, right, being an active participant in choosing to keep the same life that you're currently in and then tapping into that self-acceptance, being okay with it, and then understanding that, all right, like I'm going to find solace mm -hmm. just by accepting the situation for what it is. Yeah. And then on the other side, which I think most people end up going towards, is like, nah, I'm tired of this shit. I want to <laughs> keep doing this. Exactly. Right? Once, once they, they you know, keep it a, a buck with themselves, keep it re really real with themselves, and it's like, okay, again, it comes down to choice. What am I going to choose to do? And I think that's so, so important for every single person in the world is understanding that every single decision that you make is a choice. Nobody is making you do anything. Anything that you choose to do is going to come with consequences, whether they're perceived as positive or negative. But I, I love this, this idea of ownership. Yeah. People truly owning their life, own your situation, own how you're showing up for yourself and others. Because at the end of the day, the only thing you'll ever have control over is how you be, how you think, how you speak, and how you act. Th those are literally the only things that you have control over. And even the thoughts are such a tricky thing because it's like so many thoughts can come up, mm -hmm. right? Like we, we're human beings. We have brains. Like there's literally no shortage of thoughts that pop up. But now it's how are you relating to those thoughts? Mm -hmm. Not every thought that comes up is a fact. Yeah. Majority of them are just stories trying to keep you safe, keep you alive, mm -hmm. um, have you be right about whatever it is that you are doing in your life, you know, help have you look good in your eyes. So I, I think it's so great, Shane, that you bring up this idea of like, look, you get to one, be aware of where you currently are. And that's what I think happens when you bring up the pain. Yeah. It's you're giving the person the opportunity to truly take inventory or like an honest audit of where they currently are in their life. And like, okay, if it's not that bad, then call it as it is. It's not that bad. But if it truly is that bad, now what are you willing to do about it? Yeah. And you know, I, I always say to people, I'm like, and people hate that. I, I, when, it, when it comes to like coaching, I'm a very blunt person. I don't try to sugarcoat it because that's never going to get you out of your situation. I'm very... My wife likes to call it aggressive, <laughs> aggressive coaching. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, if, if someone cheats on you, that is your fault. And a lot of people are like, well, no, 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 no. They did that action. I go, no, no, no. You allowed it to happen and you didn't leave from there. You, didn't, you allowed it to continue to happen and you didn't move from there. If someone treats you like shit, you allowed that to happen instead of standing up for yourself. If someone screws you over with like a financial something, you've allowed that. You are in control of what you allow into your life. And now when you start to allow, stop allowing negative into your life, you start to see that only positivity comes in through the cracks. And, you know, it, it finds its way to you. It's like water. 
water can seep through the smallest of the cracks. You get what I'm saying? And and that's what right. I believe positivity is. We're we're what seventy five percent water. It's like yeah. you get what I'm saying. Like we are that flow, the energy that we allow into our lives, and it's like. When you just let the doors open, everything and anything comes in. But when you get really serious with yourself and just saying, I don't allow this into my life. And th there was a lot of family members, like, you know, cousins and stuff that I, I had closed the door off to. I'm like, you're not good for me. You know, I allowed it for so long. Friendships that, you know, I had for years, I cut them off like that because I was like, you're not good for me. Because if I keep allowing you to come into my life, I'm going nowhere with my life. Yeah. And and like you said, taking ownership of that was like the biggest life changing thing for me. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. I mean, the, the idea of ownership and then also what you're speaking into now, you know, to me, that's very much about boundaries. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, who are you letting to be? Who are you allowing to be close to you? Who you are you allowing in your inner circle and understanding that the key word there is allowing. Right. Yeah. Because it's you who who is deciding to let that person either be in your life, stay in your life, whatever it may be. And I love how you're able to take a step back and understand like, okay, these specific people are essentially like roadblocks in me getting to where it is I truly want to go. So I'm going to remove myself from that. And it's not about that other person. Yeah. It's about me and what I want. Exactly. Right? Which I think is a really important distinction. And, and you know, like there, there was... Along the journey, dude, like I, I, I started moving things away from me. And, you know, I, I was around a group of friends in high school that all we did was talk shit about people, right? That's all we did. And I was like, well, I don't want to talk shit about people. So I moved away from that situation thinking it's better. And I was stuck in that situation for three years of my life. And the situation I moved to was, well, we're not talking shit about people. So I was justifying that I was doing better. But I wasn't mm -hmm. moving. And what was happening is we weren't talking shit about people. We were talking shit about our own situation. Wow. And I was like, holy shit. Now I'm self-inflicting this. So then I was like, okay, I'm not going to talk shit about my situation. Let me find people that are talking shit about their situation, but now finding a solution to get out of it. Right. And then now I'm, I'm surrounding myself with people like you, like Jeremy, like Mike, and like the Live Ultimate family. And, you know... Now we all, we're all vulnerable. Like our stories that we tell each other, it's such a strength. It's such a power driver. But at the same time, we're talking about how we're getting better. You know, I get hyped when people tell me, yo, I'm fucking broken, but I'm not giving up. I'm doing this. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like, you know, that, oh, that's, yeah. that's what, what drives me to do better and keep doing my job is because, you know, when, I, when I'm surrounded by people that want to put in that work, it's effortless at that point. And, and, you know, my mom always said, you find a job that you, you like, you'll never work a day in your life. And I find that so good to be true now because now I'm balancing four different coaching programs and stuff like that. And it's like, I, I, I feel less burnt out now than I did when I had the salon and doing little side gigs and doing stuff like that because I was like, I was never aligned with my shit. And now for the once in my life, I'm so aligned and I'm so aware when I start to feel anxiety or depression and and when it pops into my life i'm like hmm, what are you trying to tell me bro cool so like this weekend for instance i haven't spent quality time with me and my girl so i'm taking the weekend off to spend time with her Heck but yeah. before i would run myself into the ground and then try to crawl myself back out keep pushing and pushing i was burning the midnight candle 
And now I'm in a place where every time it starts to creep into my life, I'm like, thank you. You could go now right. with anxiety and depression. And it's, it's such a life-changing thing. So I was like, you know what? Grind it out two more days. You got it. But you're going to give yourself a well-deserved break with your, with your loved ones. And that's exactly that. what I'm doing. I love that. Two big things jump out at me. I mean, to talk about the last thing is, you know, it's understanding now when that anxiety or that depression even just creeps up a little bit, understanding that it's just a, it's just your yourself telling yourself like, Hey, like you, you need to go change something, right? Mm -hmm. You need to go add more attention to this thing, or you need to go, you know, relax on this a little bit, whatever it may be. And then boom, you do it in the moment. It's so important. Right. Yeah. And then the second thing, man, just, just knowing how important community is like knowing, like I know this for me, it's like, man, I know what it's like to, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed that I have a lot of my same friends that I've had from high school. And, you know, I'm really blessed that a lot of them, like I started on my growth journey a lot earlier than a lot of them. But like now, you know, the ones that I still hang out with, they're, they're doing their version of it. Yeah. And I think it happened because, you know, they were doing it on their time. Their life was different from my life naturally. And I also think that because I was leading by example when they were ready, I was the person that they came to for mm -hmm. like, you know, little tips or just to talk and, you know, just be open and vulnerable and all those things. And, you know, I'm super blessed like to have that opportunity with them. And I'm super happy that I'm surrounded by a community in Live Ultimate and also like my gratitude training family and just like all these other people who I've been surrounding myself with now who are so aligned with their passion, their purpose, how they're showing up for themselves every day, how they are sharing their gifts every day. And I look at that, I'm like, man, like that lights my fire too. Yeah. Like I like I'm so I'm so grateful to see that I have so many people around me who are doing such similar things to me mm -hmm. and that are also doing some things, you know, better than me or have more experience in certain things. And then I get to go to them and be like, hey, like like, how'd you do that? Or like, hey, I'm looking to do something like that. Like, like, can I get your feedback? Can I get some tips? And they're more than than happy to help. And that's the same thing I try to do when someone comes to me. And if they need help with anything or they're starting something that I've done before, be like, hey, this is what I did. This is what worked for me. This is what didn't work for me. Like, go after it. Like, do your thing. Like, find what works for you. And that's what I think is so important about having, like, a really strong community and a strong tribe is because everyone is helping everyone else but it's starting with everyone helping themselves first so that they're mm -hmm. in an actual place to help everybody else yeah and you know I, I tell my wife that all the time and it's like i can't be a good man for you if i'm not a good man to myself yeah how am i supposed to fill your cup up when my cup is empty so yeah. i i tell her you know i i always tell her when i tell you something i want you to turn it right back at me this is not a one-sided road and you know, I go, I want you, if you feel down or anything, go do something that makes you happy because you can't show up as your best self for me. You get what I'm saying? So we, very healthy relationship, dude. I, I'm so grateful for it. You know, we, we give our each other our space. You know, when she wants to go do something, she goes, does it. When I want to go do something. And, you know, it's so crazy coming from past relationships that were so negative and always, like, having harsh conversations, like, cursing each other out, calling each other names and stuff like that. And it's like now being with her, she sees what we talk about as arguments. I'm like, no, 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 these are blessings. You know, <laughs> what we have are like just, just conversations. This is what we're having, you know? And I tell her she's so lucky all the time that she found me when she did. Like I, I kind of like, re 
you know, I'm like, you're lucky you found me because I've been so hurt. I would never hurt you anymore. Like, mm. so, you know, like a little thing for myself, but at the same time, <laughs> like it, it, it's humbling for both of us because we both see like what we do have in front of us. You get what I'm saying? And it's like, I, I don't take what I have for granted. And I used to all the time. And just our conversations now, like, Hey, I'm not feeling good. Give me some space. All right, cool. Hey, I need to go do something to make me happy. Okay, cool. And she tells me, she's like, babe, why don't you get out of the house? I go, because I love talking to people and I love coaching. So it's like, this makes me happy. So I could come to you as a better man. So it's like, let me just do this and I'm fine. She gets annoyed about it because she hears the same thing over and over again. But it's like the, the <laughs> mechanisms are all the same um, when coaching my clients because it, it adapts so well with every, every situation. Um, so she just does her thing. But like, you know, we come together happy like you know like i i honestly we've been together three and a half years and we've never had an argument to the point where we're going to be like i'm i'm leaving you you get what i'm saying right yeah man it's beautiful i think y'all two's union is is so powerful so beautiful and i think it's amazing that both of you are able to communicate in such a way and let each other have the space when it's required and it seems like it's never something where one person takes it personal and the other takes it personal. It's like, no, like I understand that in order to, you know, be there for you, I get to fill my cup first and vice versa. So that y'all giving each other that space is beautiful. And that's how I feel my relationship is with Alejandra. It's mm-hmm. like same thing. I tell her all the time. I'm like, yo, if you would have found me like a year before you did, it probably would have been a completely different right. dynamic yeah. because I wasn't ready. Right. Mm -hmm. I I hadn't done the work that I needed to do with myself or I was in the process of doing that work that, you know, she knows I tell her all the time, like, you know, I let a lot of like really great women like out of my life just because of my own insecurities or, you know, my own, you know, priorities or different things that I had going on, my own shadow, all of that. And, um, you know, I feel like timing is it's such a funny thing, right? Like, I feel like for me, like just how you say you don't regret anything that happened to you in terms of all the depression, the anxiety, you know, the SIBO, all of that. That's how I feel about my story. Like whether it's through, you know, all of my injuries, playing sports, whether it's being super unhappy at my first job, uh, my relationship with my mom and losing my mom at an early age and the way that I lost her. It's like all of these things led me to become who I am today. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want you know, all the listeners to notice and to recognize in themselves that there's so many situations that you've gone through in your life that are literally preparing you to be the best version of yourself. And you can look at all of these quote unquote traumas and they can really turn into triumphs. If you take trust the process, work on yourself, take the time, like be with yourself, reflect, introspect, do the meditation, do the work. There's so much just on the other side of what you're going through. So keep that in mind. And, you know, I I don't want to paint a facade as well. You know, like I don't want to be like, oh, my God, we're perfect because everybody has their problems in relationships. Like, I don't care who you are. It it happens. And, you know, we though we we never argued or anything like that. That is true. I completely I am 100 percent like we've never argued to the point of, of breaking up. But when I was in my darkest days and like I was feeling down, I was such in dark place that she she couldn't be near that energy because it was bringing her down. 
So when I was starting to get out of it little by little, dude, I, I came to her with such open arms and open, you know, and I, I asked her wholeheartedly, did you ever feel like leaving me when I was at my worst? And we had a beautiful conversation. She's like, yeah. And I go, how many times? She's like, three times. And I go, why? She goes, because I, didn't, I lost the man I loved. Mm. And I was like, okay, I, I, I appreciate that, that you told me. She's like, I lost, you weren't yourself. I, I, and then I was having to pick up the weight for you. Mm. And you know, she had to carry a heavy weight and that's why I'm so grateful for her. And then she asked me the same question. She goes, did you ever think about leaving me? And I go, absolutely. Because I didn't feel like I was supported when I needed you. And it's that conversation that we, we miss a lot in that open conversation. I could have gone mad at her. I could have just up and left and then go be with some other woman that was not going to be there for me. Like, you know, and just having that open conversation, that open room in a, in a calm manner, not in an aggressive manner at all. Like when I came to her, it was like just with a kind heart. We were able to talk through that. And now, you know, it, it's, it's that airs that room is aired out now. Like we don't have that holding over us because we had that conversation though as uncomfortable it, it, as it was, it was necessary. And right. you know, I see that with a lot with uh, my clients. They, they fail to talk to the person that's hurting them the most because they think the person's mm -hmm. going to outlash in the wrong way. And I'm like, well, have you tried? And they're like, no, I go. So you're already assuming that this person is going to act a certain way. And you know, an, another instance in my life, like, when I was going through my stuff, I asked my mom and my mom was in this very like negative mindset. And I was like, I just asked her the question, mom, what happened to you that you treat me the way you do? And my mom just broke down crying, dude. And she was like, I will tell you when I'm ready. And right mm -hmm. there, I, I let go of every anger, resentment that I had towards her all because I asked. And like the Bible says, ask and you shall receive, you know, like, and if they don't want to respond, that's a reflection of them because they're not ready to talk about it, but you are. And the fact right. that you were ready is another place of healing for yourself and having mm -hmm. that conversation because you're willing and opening. And if the person's not willing to talk, we'll say, well, I was ready to heal. You know what? I did the best I can and, and hold that to you. And then that will help alleviate some of that pressure you're feeling. So never mm -hmm. look for someone else to cause closure for yourself, but always try to look inward for that closure. Mm, that's beautifully stated beautifully stated i think communication is so important because that's what allows people to have clarity on where each side is coming from as opposed to you know like you said you know thinking or creating a story in our head of how someone else is going to react when in reality we don't know like you never know mm. and it's it's so easy and I think common to try to take past experiences and bring that to our future. And that's what creates that, that familiar past. Right. Yeah. So yeah, man, I love that. You know, for everyone listening, like take the time to communicate the things that, that get to be said, the things that you have on your chest or the questions that you have for somebody else, like, like build up that courage to have that conversation. And like Shane said, like, you know, you might not get an answer, in that moment and that's okay it's not a reflection of you it's a reflection of the other person but i think having that courage to to ask and create that space where it can be open 
um, man, it just it just allows the opportunity for just love, man, love, yeah. joy, you know, freshness, a new start. You know, there might be some pain in there, and that's beautiful too, mm-hmm. right? But but it allows that space to be open and to be clear, which I think um, is really effective for all of us. Yeah, man, Shane, my brother. <laughs> I appreciate you. Super dope conversation. Man, where can everyone listening find you online? They can find me on Instagram. You know, I just try to stay true to one. Um, they can find me on Instagram at MBS Repair. That is mind, body, soul, repair. Um, all one word, MBS. Um, and there you, you'll find, like, all my other little things that I'm doing as, as well. All my little projects I have on the side going to, uh, for my clients. Heck yeah, everyone listening, please, please, please do yourself that favor. Check Shane out. I, I love your your reels that you be putting up about, um, man, what, what depression and anxiety people think mm-hmm. it looks like versus what it actually is. It's mm-hmm. it's super entertaining and informative. So, brother, mm-hmm. please keep that up. It's amazing. That, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make mental health a fun conversation to be talked about. And that's all I'm trying to do. Bro, I love that. And you're doing it. Appreciate you're it. truly doing it. My brother, I appreciate you. I appreciate the time. This was amazing, and I already know we'll do it again soon. Yes, sir. Hey, blessings. Blessings.